Welcome to the Axe and Anvil podcast, a discussion of craft between blacksmith Jordan Goodwin and filmmaker Bo Schultz. Join us as we travel around to talk with skilled craftsmen and learn from their adventures. We're here in Athens, Alabama with Travis Fleming. So this is your shop. This is also where the, the Athens Forge group of the, of the Alabama Forge Council meets yes, sir. monthly. Mm-hmm. And um, Travis and I have met, but I really don't know much about him other than the amazing work I've seen here and there. And uh, so I'm, I'm curious to, to dive in and find out, like, how did you get into it? And uh, who got you started? Who did you learn from? And um, where, it's, where you've come from and where you're going with it. All right. Uh, I, I opened a fab shop in 1985. And all, all kind of welding fabrication. In 1994, I needed some blacksmith work done. So I got to calling around town, the people I knew, and uh, and I don't even remember who I got a hold of. But anyway, they told me there was a guy named Mike Dow that lived out toward Clements High School and uh, to look him up. So looked him up, called him up on the phone. He uh, told him what I was wanting. He said, well, look, we have a blacksmith club, and we're meeting at my shop Sunday. He said, why don't you come out? I said, yeah, I'll be there. So. I go out there that Sunday, and I introverted a little bit, you know, so I just stood back and watched. They made a fire poker. When I came back to the shop, I made a fire poker. All I had was a piece of railroad track and your normal hammers. Do you uh, have anything for a forge? Or? I had a torch. <coughs> had a torch. Cutting torch. Yeah. I had a fab shop, so I yeah. had a cutting torch. I had heat. I made this fire poker, and I still got it somewhere. Uh, but you can't see it. <laughs> uh, and I, I just sort of, I don't know, it just grabbed me. Yeah. And so I went back the next month and joined. They were the older gentlemen in the group, and they've all passed away now. Uh, but they sort of mentored me, mentored me. Now, did they have anything to do with the um, formation of Abana or any of that? No. no. Uh, they were some of the early participants in the Alabama Forge Council, okay. though. Uh, so that meeting, that was an, that was an Alabama <clears throat> yeah. Forge Council thing? And it was a Huntsville Forge at that time. Uh, but they met over here one month and in Huntsville one month. I just got, you know, of course I got enthralled by it, and I just I started looking for anvils and vices and, you know, whatnot, and started getting stuff. And I'd stay here late at night and make scroll after scroll after scroll, you know, just all hand, no jigs or anything. I just make a scroll and throw it down, make another and throw it down. Just start doing stuff like that. Uh, what was your was first just, forge? Uh, I built one and bought a fire pot from Centaur Forge. So it was a, it was a coal forge. Yeah. yeah. I, there were several guys in the forge that when they found out I had a shop, they started coming up here and we'd stay in the afternoon and work. And, wasn't too long after that Bill and Mike found out I had this shop, they elected me uh, Forge Master. And then we started meeting here. And it's been that way ever since, uh, which is not, not a problem. I enjoy it. I can't yeah. think of anything I'd rather be doing, you know. But uh, one thing led to another, and a few decorators threw work 
with the fab shop making handrails and just other things for houses, I run into decorators and they'd, oh, can you make this or make this curtain rod? And so I started doing that and it just blossomed from there. That forging, the ability to forge really opened up yeah, it, it opened more up possibilities. My, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So that was not in the mid nineties yep. when you got uh, started. Yeah. And I went up to folk school in 96 or seven and took a class and, uh, I'd go to Tannehill every year, and of course, you know, you, you, you can't beat something like that because you see people that, uh, you know, Jim Batts and Clay Spencer, and some of those has been in it for a long time, and like I mentioned, Bill and Mike, and uh, seemed like they were some of the best people in the world. You yeah. Know? You can't find the nicer people than a bunch of blacksmiths. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's been my experience. I, I wish I had, I had uh, a start more similar to that because... Mm -hmm. You know, starting out, I, I knew one guy that was a blacksmith, and um, but there was limits to what he did, and I didn't really know anybody else, and I right. wasn't aware right. of any groups or anything like that. And, yeah. um, probably for the first two years, yeah, at least two years, mm. I didn't really, I didn't really have anybody to show yeah. me anything. Oh. it was just all. I had a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> By that two years in, I started actually having to look for people because I realized just how much, you know, in-person instruction could be mm -hmm. helpful. But I always encourage people starting out, like, you know, the, I think, I don't know, what do you think what's more important, practice or, or uh, personal instruction, but they, they both go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to do without either one of them. Yeah, it is, but I, I learn a lot by myself yeah because right. i don't have somebody looking over my shoulder and if and if i mess up i don't feel as bad you know yeah somebody's you know, bothering you or whatever yeah. but uh and and i'm really intrigued on how some of the older stuff was done and i like trying to figure it out i may not do it like they did it but i i you know I, i'm getting close to what they ended up with yeah or some of the stuff i do and uh, I, I just if I could get paid to figure out stuff, that'd be something yeah. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and you spend spend three days figuring out how to do something, mm -hmm. then and then just charge for the last couple hours it took yeah. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't always pencil out no, great. No. One time I told somebody I had to make two or three tools to do a job, so I was going to price them in with it, and they said, "No, you can't do that. You." Do you get to keep that tool, so you just make that tool and <laughs> keep using it. Yeah. <laughs> just use it to make do the job, you know. So. <laughs> I've, I've just figured I just don't tell them what yeah, I'm charging yeah, them for. Yeah. You're, you're getting the, you're paying for right. everything and yeah. you're getting this at the end this of it. what you so. get. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any advice for people that are um, pursuing blacksmithing as a career? Oh, man. Uh, I've had several guys ask me about, you know, hey, I want to do this full time. You know, I said, uh, you know, don't just jump off in it full time. You know, yeah. I had a fabrication shop for 20 years, you know, when so I started. You're already an established business. Yeah, and uh, I was, I started blacksmithing, combining the both for several years. And then I went full time about 2009. Mm -hmm. But I still had this shop running. And then the, the help situation got bad, so I just shut this one down. And some days, you know, you're hungry, and some days it's, it's feast or famine. 
Yeah. And, uh, but uh, it's not the easiest thing to do because there's not that many people looking for what I do. Yeah. You know, uh, the knife guys right now, they're booming. Yeah. You know, and I'm happy for them, you know, because that's, that's a sort of a blacksmith trade. But, uh, you know, not, don't too many people want like that ring thing, you yeah. know, and, uh, <laughs> uh, or certain, you know, nobody wants door knockers anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but there's certain things you can use, uh, you can do that, that, uh, there are people that want, you know, they, they still want this stuff. But, yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, there's, they're, they're few and far between. Do you think part of that problem is due to the fact that like designers and whatnot don't even, don't understand the resource that blacksmiths are or what yeah. they can do? A lot of it is that, you know, I had, I worked for several at one time and, and uh, they were always saying, you know, what are we gonna do when you quit? Yeah, you know, and uh, of course they most of them quit yeah. <laughs> before me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I still I, I still do work, uh, still do work for two or three, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, and then just other things. If you want to you want to be a blacksmith full time, you'd better learn how to be a good part time blacksmith yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, right. And, um, exactly. And you better be willing to learn the the business side of things <laughs> just as much as the, the forging. But I've had pretty good luck with um small you know small items mm -hmm. nobody likes making hundreds of hooks oh. one after another but um <laughs> but it's sometimes that small stuff seems like that's yeah. that's there's a lot of money in it yeah i, I can't get into production yeah uh, i helped al stevens out one time and i think i made uh, two thousand cheese cutters for him i didn't have to put the wire on but uh, i had to forge them out and when he brought that last 500, I told him, I said, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring me any but more But you can of do them in your sleep when you're done, yeah, yeah. couldn't you? <laughs> Sometimes I catch myself um, sort of daydreaming, it seems like, mm -hmm. about, you know, like playing it over and over in my mind, something that I've done yeah. like that over and over and over again. Yeah, I, I, I just can't get into production. Yeah. You know? I've I've learned to embrace it to a degree, like we, mm -hmm. like we talked about earlier in the meeting, just... And that's that's basically all that gets me through the yep. production work I do is just you know just trying to get better. But I don't think I could do two thousand cheese cutters. Yeah. Well, you know, back <laughs> when Tom Clark was alive, he was a good friend of mine, and he, uh, you know, he showed me how to make those Hoffy hammers. And mm. of course, he made them too. And of course, I think he was selling them for a hundred, hundred ten bucks back then. You know, and I thought, man, that's that's some, that's okay. You know, so yeah. I started making some, and after about ten or twelve. This, mm, so I don't do hammers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make one or two every now and then, you know, or the kind like Brazil makes. And, yeah. But uh, I, I just can't get into production, you know. <laughs> How would you describe what sort of products that you make? Well, I, I've done, uh, I've got a pot rack on the drawing board right now, and I've got some uh, balcony, uh, what do you call, they, they're, they go under a balcony. Brackets. Uh, or... Yeah, some kind of brackets. Mm -hmm. It's it's an existing back balcony, but they didn't ever, the guy that was building it didn't finish it, and it's all cut and weld, but they're redoing this house, so they want some of those under it. And got to forward some pretty big scrolls for that. And I do some vanity, you know, for some houses, and like I say, light fixtures. And I got this, I don't even know how to explain this, but this guy's 
hired me to make the, it's a dome up in a ceiling and it's got branches that's going to come down and then a light fixture hanging in the middle of it and he's going to gold leaf them. I did something similar but it was on a flat roof a couple years ago for him and uh, this is up in a dome you know so I got to fit the inside of that dome just nothing I do is, is real easy or standard I mean, yeah or... no <laughs> and I end up making a you know, they all, you hear these guys say, need a tool, make a tool. Well, I do that all the time. Yeah, I can see <laughs> looking around your shop. So you enjoy very custom work. Yes, yes. Uh, lots yeah. of variety. Uh, yes, and, and I really like it. I mean, people have asked me when I'm going to retire. My wife says, he's not going to retire. And so that's his man cave down there. He'll go down there if he wasn't making money. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so. Uh. How, how did you find a market? with your work or how did it well, find you well like i say, it was through those decorators you know i was you know, doing handrails for uh new homes around here and uh you know you'd be out at the home doing an install and the decorator would be out there with, you know and they can sell people anything i don't know <laughs> how they do it but yeah. the decorator can well sell when you stuff. hire a decorator you're kind of yeah. hiring somebody yeah. to sell you things yes <laughs> but <laughs> they would spend money know, can you make these uh counter brackets under here, you know, and pass through, do something like that, they'd see some things, you know, and I'd yeah, I can do that. So. Did you ever have to spend any time, like, um, you know, basically knocking on doors of the decorators, or did you? No. Did you spend uh, any time, um, like, doing projects on your own time to kind of build a portfolio and show them what yeah, you can do? Yeah, uh, that's a, a lot of that stuff in the office is just, you I know, got you sample pieces yeah see if i can do this yeah and uh there were some people i think it was in 98 they wanted a forged handrail and i just happened to be working for the lady that was their decorator and she came to me and said can you make them a handrail and i said well yeah you know <laughs> and uh i said but you know I'm fairly new at this on the design end, so uh, you know that's going to be my hard part. She said, well, I know a guy in Birmingham that's a, a designer. Well, he designs this rail, and she brings me a template or a one sheet of paper and says, can you make this right here? And I, said, well, I looked it over. Yeah. And uh, she said, well, he wants to see your work. He wants you to make this, and he wants to inspect it before. Uh, he gives you his design. <laughs> so I made it, and uh, she took it to him and brought it back and said, you got the job, and he wants to know how you got this so clean. He says, his guys is, is rough, scaly. And I said, I got a tumbler. <laughs> so so uh, I did this massive handrail in this house, and it, you know, uh, I had to take it in in pieces and bolt it together. Everything set on the steps. And, uh, that was my first huge job, and that that's sort of sent me towards all the the decorators around yeah. here. But then he started using me. He, you know, he would come up here, and I did some balconies down in Birmingham. You know, and he always had some real intricate stuff. I really do think that is a. Uh, I mean, I think, and, and I'm full of, I'm full of opinions. I know what my. <laughs> my uh, ancient age, but um, <laughs> I think that, um, I mean, just being an honest businessman, 
in this day and age gets you plenty of work. Yeah. Most yeah. of the time. Yeah. If you just treat people right and do things when oh, you say yeah. you're gonna yeah. and that's yeah. I struggle with that myself, you know, yeah. get things done when you say you're going to and all yeah. like that. But I do think that for blacksmithing, um, that's one of the biggest holdbacks is just people, you know, designers, whatever, yeah. potential clients don't know that the resource is there or they don't know what's possible. Mm -hmm. And that can go a couple of different ways, it seems like. You know, some people, it's just, if they don't know you're there, they can't, you know, they don't know what they need, right. don't know what they want. But then it also can work out when they, have you ever had somebody bring you a design, it's like, can you do this? And you're just like, well, that, that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> well. For I, me, I, I, for me with the more yeah. traditional side, I run into that a lot. Yeah. If I'm not willing to cut and weld, yeah, then um, I, I probably run into that more. But, I, I never tell any of them no that I can't do it, even if I haven't ever done it before. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I'll say yeah, yeah, I can do that. You know, and then and I'll wake up at two o'clock in the morning and say, "That's how you got to do that." <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? I can do it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's, say yes, yeah. charge plenty, yeah, and yeah. just do it, get it yeah, done, yeah. whatever it takes. Just you just got to figure it out as you go, because somebody did it before you. Right. Know, that's how they do this stuff. What project are you most proud of so far in your blacksmithing oh, endeavors? <laughs> I get people ask me, like, what's your favorite thing to forge? Yeah, and it's like, yeah. I don't have yeah. one favorite thing. That, There's lots of that, things. That ring was a, is, is a, that was a proud moment, especially when Clay Spencer said, y'all knocked that out of the park. You know, <laughs> he said, I, I, that is, you know, when Clay Spencer tells you he does something good, you know, you done pretty good. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, but I, you know, I, I've got a, I've got a mirror frame at home that I built right after I met Ernie Durrell from what I learned from watching him at a demo. It's, it's a, that's one of my, my personal pieces. I couldn't afford to buy it, so I just yeah. kept it. <laughs> so, um. so, but, uh, it's hard to pick one, you know, that, that first big rail I did, uh, it's, uh, it was it was nice, you know. I thought it was anyway. An accomplishment. Yeah. What were some of the challenges that you had to overcome with with the rail, as an example? Well, uh, that makes it so it, satisfying. Oh, uh, every every uh, I got a piece of it around here somewhere, but every section was was almost a separate section that sat on each step. And they were all attached to a rail at the top. And each step rail was in two pieces because I couldn't carry it all in. You know, it was so heavy. Everything on was solid. And then I had two balconies on it, and the top balcony was bowed. You know, so I had to bow the scrolls out, not just scroll, mm. but they had to be bowed out. Oh, that sounds like a pain. Oh, but uh, it was real. I, I know you know this. It's satisfying when you finish something and the owner, you know, so, oh, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that makes you feel good. Yeah. <laughs> More than they expected. Yeah. 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 That, that works better than any sleep medication. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How'd you, how'd you figure out how to, how to bow that scroll work? I called several guys, you know, and said, hey, you know, if you, if you got a scroll, <laughs> already scrolled, how do you, how do you bow it, you know? Huh. <laughs> and, uh, 
I've got to, I got was told two or three different ways, so I just started, you know, okay, we'll just try this, you know, see if it works, do a do a test piece, and uh, if it if it works, it works. If it don't, we'll try something else. This may this may come across as kind of a strange question, but in what ways do you think um, your thinking or your life in other areas has been affected by by blacksmithing? Like, has it has it um, changed the way you think or view things at all? Ah, uh, some. You know, I, I really I, I look at handmade stuff a whole lot more nowadays. Yeah. Uh, how many years ago was it? We went to Disney World. My stepdaughter, I was even though it wasn't antique iron work, I was I was every piece of iron work I stopped and look at, you know. Yeah. She said, I can't believe you're looking at that stuff. What are you looking at that stuff for? <laughs> it's, I said, man, it's just it's, you know, I'm just I'm watching, I'm looking, I'm thinking, you know. It's, it's, and this, when you understand when you understand yeah. what goes into yeah. it, it makes yeah. it all the more impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I know I know um <laughs> I know blacksmithing has has definitely given me more just respect for yeah. you know what um, what people 250 300 years ago and more were oh, yeah. able to accomplish without even the stuff that we have. Yeah, that's to, uh, to do that, that stuff from Nuremberg. I mean, it's it's amazing that what they did back in 1587, and uh, and then you look at the, some of those doors Yellen did, and they're four times as tall as a man, you know, how in the world they get them things put up. And, uh, yeah. and some of these guys, uh, Kalnick's masterpiece, you know, good gracious. You know, how'd he do that? It, I think he was 21, something like that, you know. Wow. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. How, how can folks find out about you and and see some of your work, such as, well, such as this, this ring? Uh, I know people are finding me on the internet because okay. they call me. <laughs> but they show up wanting yeah, to talk. Yeah. But half of them that call me are looking for knife. You know, they want to know if I can teach them how to make a knife. You know, which I say no. But I know about four or five guys. If they will, they can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> some of them don't like to teach, and some of them do. You know, so. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I you know. I'll get a call and they'll say, is, is this a blacksmith? And, yeah. You know, and well, I even get people wanting me to shoe their horses, you know, but I say, <laughs> I'm not a farrier. <laughs> yeah. There is a difference. Yeah, yeah. There is a difference. Is there, uh, so this is, this is a question I'm curious about. Do you, um, is there any notable project? Do you still, do you have a bucket list of projects you still, you, you want to do at some point that you haven't gotten to? I've got uh, I've got two started, and, and one of them's been started for over probably four years, and the other one's been going on about two years, and I just hadn't got around to finishing. They're, they're laying around here somewhere. <laughs> Do we get to know what they are? <laughs> one of them is that hinge from the Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. And then mm -hmm. another one is a grill that uh, Ronnie Howard showed me a picture of that uh, I'm not... It's got uh, Carl Close Jr.'s name at the top, but I don't know if it's his or one that he just took the picture of and it was a yelling grill, I don't know. Uh, if I ever finish it, I'm gonna try to find out. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just for me, you know, yeah. it's nothing, yeah. you know, nothing. Uh, and there's probably a couple little projects laying around here that's, you know, 
I, I started got, and said, oh, I'll finish this later. And then just I got buckets of stuff. It's like yeah. I started it and maybe some little thing went wrong, but it wasn't messed up enough to like throw yeah. it away yeah. or I didn't think so. Do you see a resurgence in the interest in blacksmithing? Well, it, it, it seems like it comes and goes. Just like I was, I was on my way home yesterday and some guy called me and he said, is this a blacksmith? And I said, yeah. And he said, uh, I'm so-and-so with the, some sign shop out of Huntsville. And he said, I need some, uh, he said, I've been trying to make some curves that looks like an S out of three-quarter round. He said, I can't get it hot enough with a torch. He said, you got a forge? I said, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he said, can you do that? And I said, well, you know, I'm driving right now, but uh, can you send me a picture of what you're wanting? Because, you know, an S, you know, I don't know if he's, I know what a scroll is when you say scroll. You know, I know yeah. I can see one in my brain. You know, and but he may be calling a scroll a s, or he may be just calling a bent piece a s. You know, I yeah. didn't know. So, I said, send me a picture, and when I get home, I'll look at it and I'll text you back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sure enough, I heard my phone bing before I got home, and he he had texted me some stuff. So Do you I, feel yeah. like there's more people now um, <clears throat> than say 20 years ago, 25 years ago, interested in? getting into blacksmithing or is it just it, bladesmithing because of forged and fire <laughs> well i think there's more now that want to but you know when i got in it the athlete well, the huntsville forged there might have been 12 at a meeting at, at a good meeting you know and like we had 35 here today yeah and we've had as many as i think we've had 56 one time down in another building and uh, but i do think that forged and fire brought on a lot of the the extra or people wanting to get into it and it sure made the price of animals go up. yeah so. which which <laughs> stinks if you're trying to find an anvil yes. but yeah. the way I, I like to look on the bright side that at least fewer anvils are going in the scrapyard yeah <laughs> what do you think about the future of blacksmithing where what 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 do you see it as and, and, well, and, and the direction I, it going i don't think it's going to uh drop off right to me it's not you know yeah uh I, I, the the only thing right now especially in our group that meets here uh we can't seem to get a, a younger group to come in and stay they'll, they'll come come to meetings for you know four months six months and then you won't see them for a while and then they'll show back up and then they won't you won't see them for a while it's just like you know they of course just like you you making this hinge today you know you made it look easy uh, uh and that's what they think oh that's not hard you know I, I can do that and then when they get in here and start doing it you know we're trying to make hammer out a knife blade and, and they, that's the first thing they say Man, this this ain't as easy as you made it look. You yeah. Know? And I'm, you know, the guys that make knives here, they'll do. You know, Calvin, he'll get over here about every time we have open forge. Somebody want to see him make a knife or a hammer, you know, and he'll make one. And uh, they think, oh, that don't look hard. But yeah. Until they do it, you know. Yeah. And I've had a lot of uh, younger people or first timers and. You know, they'll get back there and start hammering, and the next thing you know, they're over here hope, you know, oh, man, this hurts, you know, this hot, this dirty, you know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you're going to get burnt if you do it yeah. long enough. <laughs> if you don't get burnt, you're doing something wrong. Right, right. 
But if you keep getting burned after a certain point, you're still doing yeah. something wrong. Right. I yeah, I, I know. Uh, especially with nobody to show me anything, I know for me starting out like learning to forge, just basic stuff. One of the most frustrating things I've ever done in my life. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's what I tell people, you know, that ask me for advice starting out is like, don't give up. If you actually like to do, if you say you want to mm -hmm. do this, you got to want it bad enough to get through a lot of frustration and a lot of time yeah. just building the skills. Yeah. But, well, so, you know, you, you, draw, you drew that out in one heat, and I've seen guys in our thing try to draw a taper on quarter inch square, and it, it'll take them, you know, three or four heats to get a, you know, a point like a nail on it, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hit the thing. Yeah. <laughs> But you've got to, you, and, you, and you've got to stick to the practice frequently enough oh, to yeah, actually yeah. improve and build on yeah. what you're learning. That's how you get to Carnegie Hall. That's practice, right. practice, practice. <laughs> what are some of your pet peeves? Oh yeah, that's, I love. Oh. This is my favorite hmm. thing to talk about. <laughs> what are some of the things that just drive you up the wall? That you e either, either from newbies or the old okay. guys. Well, the newbies, and, uh, <laughs> I hope none of them's watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want to hear it. We want to hear it. Is when you, you know, you're, you're trying to explain to them how to make a S hook or, or a, a hook for a coat rack, you know, and, and you tell them specifically, you know, uh, you want to, like a ribbon taper, you want to keep it the same width, but tapered. You know, two-sided, keep the same width. And when they bring it back to you, it looks like a, it's twice as wide, you know, and that, does that look the same width? Well, you know, <laughs> or no. Or, or you, you tell them not to do something, and they do it. Yeah. You know, don't hit it right here because it's, it's going to mess it up, you know. Or if you see you're still going the wrong way that you don't want it to go, stop and, and figure out how to reverse what you're doing, and they just go too far and, and it's not savable. Listen you know? to instructions. <laughs> yeah, just just listen. Do what I'm telling you to do because if I'm telling you not to do something, it's because I did it and it doesn't work. All right. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so what about the what about the older guys? The guys uh, guys have been well, doing it a while. <laughs> I, I don't really have a, a if if they know what they're doing it don't bother me, you know, like, you know, because <laughs> You know, if uh, if you ask somebody how to draw a taper, and you ask four different people, you'll get four different answers. At you least know, four. All, yeah, at <laughs> least four. And and they'll all work. You know, they just you know, like you were talking about how you turned your hammer and hit. You know, making a fuller outside of it. You know, and I've done that forever too, or over the edge of the anvil, or just flat on the anvil. You know, however, you know, or or going away from you, or pulling it to you. You know, there's all there's all kind of different things like everybody does, but. <clears throat> The ones that really get me is the, the ones that's been doing it so long and, and actually think they know what they're doing, but they don't. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm not trying to be ugly or mean right. or anything, but you know, when they're, they start telling somebody, you know, how to do something and you know good and well what they're telling them is not right. But you know, you it, it's hard to step in and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you don't run into too many of them, but yeah. you, they're, they're out there. Or somebody think, on YouTube, you know, half those YouTube channels are worthless. 
Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> Hopefully ours won't be worthless. I think there's a real danger, though, for people like me who, you know, honestly, if you were to drop me into the middle of a shop in Colonial America 250 years ago, I might be a decent apprentice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's a real danger for people who have been in it for a while, long enough to get better than the average backyard hobbyist mm -hmm. to, um, you know, get so caught up in thinking they actually know something. Yeah. Um, and this is what I'm, I'm preaching to myself here, you know, that they stop learning and they won't listen yeah. any longer to, you yeah. know, when, when you correct them on, well, actually, that's not yeah. true, correct, whatever, you know, like you're saying. It's it's one thing to spout off about something you don't actually know about, yeah. but it's another to insist on it after being corrected. <laughs> well, you, if, if you go to any of these conferences and listen, you'll learn something. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care how long you've been in it. There's something out there that you don't know. And you can learn from other people's oh, wrong-headed yeah. ideas, right. too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it so, sounds like humility is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, just hang back be nice. Keep your mouth shut and be nice. What are some of your most overlooked tools <laughs> and perhaps techniques as well? I mean, I got all kinds of opinions on this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, you know, forge welding. Yeah, yeah. Well, why, why are people so scared of it? Mm. You know, when, um, I don't know, there's, it just opens up so many possibilities. Yeah, it does. I know it's been a a pain for me to learn and, and I'm still struggling with it to some degree, but I think you got it down pretty good. <laughs> well there's a wrought iron's a little more forgiving to yeah. being overheated than yeah. high carbon. I really want to get into more uh, like laminated tools. Yeah. Wrought iron and steel uh, laminated tools and that when the wrought iron needs needs a high welding heat and the mm -hmm. and the carbon steel won't take won't take overheating. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'll overlook any tools because if 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 it'll help me, I'll use it. Yeah, and, I think I got, think the question is more uh, like, what do you see people overlooking? Oh, okay. You know uh, what I mean, like proper fitting tongs, maybe one. You know, that's uh, that is a uh, big one. The uh, and, and I'm not sure how farriers do it. Use those flat jaws all the time because I've never been successful with flat jaw tongs. Can't hit what you can't hold. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been making a bunch of um, froze. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same um, And uh, I've been I've been getting by without some like I need to make me some like hoop tongs to hold mm -hmm. the eye after I've made it when I'm working out the blade. I've got yeah. some tongs. The problem is I got some tongs that work pretty decent. Some bolt jaws that kind of the jaws kind of just sit in that eye on both sides and they work pretty decent. But I mm -hmm. really need to make me some like some hoop tongs. With, like a round jaw inside and a, and a flatter, slightly hollow jaw mm -hmm. on the outside. That'd really be, that'd really be nice. You ever seen a pair of those pipe? This is off subject. But you ever seen a pair of those pipe tongs that grab the inside of the pipe? Oh, mm-hmm. I what have. What if you made something like that? That would work too. That, eye. that would work too. That's another thing about just getting out and talking to people is, yeah. is um, not only can you learn the basics, but often. Uh, you put your heads together, you can mm -hmm. figure a way around something quicker, <clears throat> a lot quicker. When you began, you, uh, you mainly had mentors. Mm -hmm. Today, 
there are so many resources with mentors and books and, and groups and, of course, YouTube. What do you recommend to sort through the noise and get to the good stuff? Well, I, at first I tell people to join a, a organization, whether it's Alabama Forge Council or Mississippi or, you know, Fabla or whatever, you know. And, uh, find but, your local group. Yes, find you a group because there's some of the best guys in the world in these groups. I don't, I don't know where, why everybody ain't like them, but you can get more information if you go to a conference and just sitting around, even if you don't watch the demo, you know, and you can get a lot from the demo if you, if you pay attention, but, uh, you know, you can talk to people and, and you'll get different ideas and, and they're always talking about, you know, especially if you sit around the knife guys, you know, they're talking, you know, of course they're over my head because they're talking about all these integral and, and hollow grinds and, you know, I know what it is, but I, I don't do it, you know, so, so I can't talk to them. You know, other than say, oh, that looks good, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but there are, you know, you, you can find out so much stuff and, uh, uh, and just like the, the, the classes they've been having down at Tannehill from, uh, uh, that Ernie Durrell, well, Clay got Ernie Durrell to do them, you know, and, uh, we did uh, lamps and door knockers and stuff like that. And I had Tom Latinay there this year and, uh, uh, and there's just a wealth of stuff you can learn just from making that project that you can use in a half a dozen other projects, you know, or more than that probably. Groups are just so, so valuable in bringing, yeah. you know, bringing heads together, bringing knowledge yeah. together into one room and, and, yeah. uh, and resources too, you know, often. Yeah. You got a pretty decent shop to work with, and and you can bring instructors from outside yeah. to mm -hmm. come teach a class. And well, we had a thing here, stayed here two days, made this little grill thing, some quadrifoils, and we had guys back in the back blacksmithing, and guys up here blacksmithing, and, and you know forging things, and we did some slit and drifts and forge welded, and you know we we just were doing everything you know and, and everybody had input you know we had young guys and we had a bunch of us older codgers you know and uh, it, uh, it, it worked out pretty good if you'd like to help us in this venture support axe and anvil on patreon where you'll also get early access and exclusive content follow our journey on our website instagram facebook and youtube at Axe and Anvil.